0: Yeah, yeah, ball so hard, you better believe me, it's scary at the bar with Calvin and Barry. So put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up. Whether it's buckets you need, or just a beer in a cup. We're here for fresh conversations, that's some delicious libations. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. My boys, got you covered like you being guarded by payers. From the glove to the cloth, and everyone else in between. Calvin and Barry got everything that you need. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show. It's basketball at the bar, got your drinks, and let's go drink let's go subscribe to the channel let turn on the notifications counting and be subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications let's get it what up ballers welcome to basketball at the bar Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube where the takes are hot and the drinks and are cold. There's no dress code and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is basketball at the bar. Grab your drinks and let's go, Calvin. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. It is uh, Tuesday, May 24th. Real quick, before we get the show started today, I want to wish a very happy 90th birthday to my grandpa, Alan. Happy birthday, Alan. I'm happy to be here celebrating with you. Uh, We've been doing things all day long. I was able to sneak away for a little bit to do this live stream. So happy birthday. Hope you're enjoying your cake right now and I will be back very soon uh, to go out to dinner and and celebrate with everybody. So uh, happy birthday to him and uh, let's get started, Calvin.
1: Yeah, happy birthday, Alan. Shout out.
0: Shout out. All right. when I was writing the script for today's show, uh, I almost wanted to just throw Monday's recap out um, because, you know, there's not a lot to recap. Uh, it, it's probably one of the worst forced quarters I've ever seen for a basketball team. Uh, the Miami Heat didn't score their first field goal until three minutes left in the first quarter of that game. Uh, pretty incredible. Uh, they end up losing that game uh, 102-82. To the Boston Celtics, Boston was up by over 30 at one point in this game. No Marcus Smart. Uh, three starters on the, or sorry, three players on the Miami Heat roster recorded uh, zero points. Two of those being starters in Matt Struess and PJ Tucker. Jimmy Butler didn't play well. Bam Adebayo didn't play well. Kyle Lowry didn't play well. I can't really think of anybody on this team that really played well outside of Victor Oladipo. A couple garbage buckets. Uh, by Duncan Robinson, a couple buckets by, uh, by Martin. Um, just a horrible performance for the Miami Heat. What were your thoughts, Calvin?
1: Much uh, the same thoughts that you had. It, just an absolutely abysmal performance. 18 combined points from the starting lineup for the Miami Heat. Um, you know, Max Struess was absolutely awful in this game. It was very clear early on that the Celtics game plan offensively was to get him switched onto Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or somebody uh, that could go at him and attack offensively. He didn't stop anyone and his uh, saving grace is normally his three point shooting. He didn't hit a single field goal yesterday uh, in all seven attempts. So this was just like you said, a game that you completely throw away. Clearly Jimmy Butler is not 100% because A healthy Jimmy Butler would not have let that game go the way that it went. He would have done everything in his power um, and probably put up another 40 points in a losing effort. But it just ridiculous. I I mean, they were completely taken away uh, from everything they wanted to do early on in this game. Victor Oladipo, like you said, the only Miami Heat player that really was able to do anything productive, both on offense and on defense. And it just goes back to what we said before the game started yesterday. When the Celtics are at full strength, I realize they didn't have Marcus Smart, but they had their two bigs back in Robert Williams and Al Horford. They're bigger, they're more physical, uh, and they can really shut down anybody uh, in the NBA.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, very true. And you know, good news for Robert Williams, the Celtics were blowing him out, so he didn't even really have to play a ton of this game, was able to get some more rust, uh, you mentioned Marcus Smart was out for this game, and Jimmy Butler, that near knee injury, uh, it could be serious. You know, we we heard he's dealing with some swelling, uh, stuff like that. He had the same thing happen in the first round. This could impact their run to the NBA championship in a big way. As horrible as Miami played in this game. You know, Boston didn't play exceptionally well, but they did have some good performances and I want to highlight those real quick. 31 points for Jason Tatum, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks in this game, 8 of 16 from the field and 14 of 16 from the free throw line. Didn't shoot well from uh, 3 point range, only 1 for 7. Al Horford, 5 points, 13 huge rebounds in this game, 12 points, 9 rebounds and 2 blocks for Robert Williams. Uh, They had a great performance uh, by some of the other role players uh, in this game. Um, But overall, this was not a good game for the Miami Heat. They need to find a way to snap back or this series is about to be over very, very soon.
1: Absolutely. And like you said, it wasn't as if Boston played their best basketball. They shot under 40 percent from the field and under 24 percent from three. And they were up by 30, you know, 20 for basically most of this game, pretty much the entire second half.
0: Yeah, this performance, you know, I keep going back to the Warriors-Mavericks series, right, and and try and find, like, similarities here. It's just amazing how these teams in the Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat that have shot the three exceptionally well all season long just seem to not even be able to buy a bucket. And that just goes to show – how good of a defensive team Boston is and Golden State they make it tough on these guys but I have to think the law of averages have to come have to catch up to these teams sooner rather than later uh, you know we'll talk about the the other game here in a second but you know going back to Miami maybe the role players play a little bit better maybe they shoot a little bit better you know right now it feels like the sky is falling right when you get worked this hard, It feels like the sky is falling but we can't forget this series is only tied 2-2 it's heading back to Miami and Miami does have home court for game seven as well so Miami needs to win some games here they need to win two out of the next uh, three games here Um, but they got to play much much better than they did in this last game
1: 100% they do that is their saving grace right now it's a, a best of three series uh, to go here with it being tied two-two, and Miami does have two of those three games at home. Um, so yes, they they've got to feel good about that. But that's the only thing they can feel good about right now. They have to figure out some major problems both offensively and defensively, especially if Tyler Hero is going to miss another game. Yep, that's you know as we mentioned, yes, one of their only uh, players that you can really rely on to manufacture his own offense on this team. And when you're struggling to score you need those players out there jimmy butler's got to be better they have to find a way to knock down some threes because that is their bread and butter and miami is at their best when they're creating turnovers and getting out in transition Mm -hmm. it creates easy uh, layup opportunities or dunks but also transition threes are a big part of their game when they're not turning boston over and having to play them for the full shot clock in the half court They have a really big problem because they're undersized, and Boston is taking P.J. Tucker away from guarding Jason Tatum because they keep getting him in pick and rolls, forcing Miami to switch, because Miami has been doing that all year long, switching pretty much every screen and roll. Um, They have to play more zone. They've really got to get things figured out on both ends of the court, which is kind of a daunting task to, to go with just three games left in the series.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, we've been praising Miami for how deep they've been uh, all season long, but, you know, integrating in a new guy in Kyle Lowry, and I say new because he's missed so many games here, is tough. Not playing, uh, you know, or your best player in Jimmy Butler being injured or, or not being himself makes it tough on them. We saw Game 3, Bam Adebayo played exceptionally well. He's the reason they won Game 3. He didn't play too well in this game. He needs to get back to what he was doing in Game 3 for them to have a chance here. I think Game 5 is a must-win for the Miami Heat if they want to have any chance winning this series. Can you name, like, three things that they need to do before now and then to get prepared for Game (laughs) 5? Well, the, the number one thing, the thing that would help
1: them the most is probably the thing that's the least in their control, right? That's that they've got to get healthy. Yep. Um, Tyler Hero, they really need him back. They need his offense. They need his outside shooting. Obviously, Jimmy Butler for everything that he brings them. They need him to be healthy as well. Uh, but in terms of X's and O's, they've got to find a way, like I just said, to get more easy opportunities on offense, transition baskets. Boston might be the hardest team in the entire league to score on in the half court. So they've got to find a way to get themselves easy opportunities. Um, and that is also where Miami's at their best, getting out and running in transition. And then defensively, they have to figure out a way to keep PJ Tucker on Jason Tatum for a full possession, whether that's uh, blitzing or you know doubling the, the pick and roll immediately, um, and then rotating out away from it when he makes a pass. Uh, and also that with Horford and Williams in there, because Miami plays a smaller lineup, they tend to get pounded on the boards when those two big guys are in there. So they've got to find a way to rebound better in, in game five.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, we look at the Miami Heat here. We, we think about, you know, the culture, the championships that they've won. As of recently, you know, they've played exceptionally well at times, but they seem to keep falling short, right? We we remember them in the bubble. They went on an amazing run. No one expected them to make the finals. They lose to a stacked Lakers team with LeBron James. This year, they have the best record. They could fall here to Boston. If you're Pat Riley, are you like, okay, I need to go into this locker room. I need to make a speech. Uh, you know, what can I do here to help push this team a little bit further because they've, they push them so far but they just can't seem to get over the hump it's sad because you know this yeah. team is so talented um and just injuries seem to derail them especially this season uh but if your management are, are there any things that you can do or is it pretty much all on players at this point um
1: well it, it's mostly on the players for sure i, I mean okay. i Definitely wouldn't be surprised to have Pat Riley talk to the team, you know, multiple times between now and the and the tip off of Game Five. Um, but it, it really is on the players ultimately. It's not like they're going to change, you know, the, completely change the way that they play overnight going into Game Five of a series that's tied two two, especially the Eastern Conference Finals. That that usually is a recipe for disaster. So. Their their backs are up against the wall, but again, on the other side of the coin, it's still a tied series. They've already won two games. Um, If they can find a way to get these guys a little bit of rest between now and game five, get them a little bit healthier and ready to play, uh, they just can't afford to come out and have uh, that horrible start to the game. The teams that have won games in this series have gotten out to really quick starts and basically haven't looked back for the rest of the game. So this has been a a very one-sided series for both teams in a split 2-2 matchup.
0: Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Steven. Steven's in the chat right now. What up, Steven? Good to see you here. Thank you for joining us. Calvin, who's winning game five? Ooh, it's not looking
1: good for Miami right now. I'm really concerned about Jimmy Butler's knee and he is everything for that team they they are not going to advance unless he is the jimmy butler that we know and love so i'm leaning towards boston picking up two wins here closing the series out with three in a row
0: yeah wow wow that's that's a tough prediction there you know we talk about miami the culture and all that looking at boston they have culture they have history they have tradition they have a ton of great players that, that are still involved in the franchise or, or in the media that root for them, that push for them. I know there would be a lot of Boston fans to be happy to see their team in the finals again, and a lot of unhappy Laker fans, uh, you know, trying to add to that championship uh, cushion they have, you know, with the Lakers and all that stuff. But uh, I'm going to take Miami uh, in Game 5, and, and we'll see what happens. But you're right, they need to be healthy. It's a home game. I expect the role players to play much better. Um, but I agree with you in the fact that if Boston wins Game 5, they'll close it out in Game 6, and it'll be three games in a row. I hope that doesn't happen, but uh, only time will tell, and and still more basketball for us to watch. So that's exciting, yeah. too. And
1: to think, you know, Boston could be getting even healthier going into Game 5 if they get Marcus Smart back. So that that definitely does not bode well for Miami. And and I just keep coming back to this idea that if boston is fully healthy they're the better team so yep i'm going to take them to win all right anything else you want to mention on this game this series before we move on well it's a little underwhelming this series a little disappointing to be honest with you i was very very excited for this matchup going into it and we've had some some really nice individual performances to watch Uh, there have been some very exciting moments in this series but the, the swings, the, the lead changes, the runs, have just been completely one-sided for both teams. Uh, it's been not what I would have expected out of this series, and yes, injuries definitely play a big part of that, but still, I'm a little underwhelmed, I would say, overall, even though this series is tied 2-2. It doesn't feel like that to
0: me. Yeah, I definitely feel you, and I know you were looking forward to this series, but hey, we could potentially have three games left And uh, they could all be exceptional games, so we'll see what happens. I want to give a shout-out to Progressive G in the chat. What's up? How are you? Uh, We're having a fun day talking about basketball, and we're getting stoked on this uh, Warriors game that's coming up. We'll talk about that here in a second. But before we get to there, uh, I want to talk about some free agency stuff, some trade stuff, just off-season stuff in general because – I've seen a ton of rumors coming out today about, you know, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Rashawn Holmes. Let's let's go ahead and jump into this, Calvin. First off. What's going on with Russell Westbrook? You know, we we talked about this dude is probably one of the most unappreciated uh, superstars in the NBA, at least over the past few seasons. He seems to have lost his jump shot. Uh, Don't know if that's in Washington or if he left it. Uh, you know in Houston or maybe it's still in Oklahoma City the dude makes a ton of money here a ton of money we've heard Phil Jackson come out recently saying the Lakers should keep Russell Westbrook and they should trade LeBron James I think you and I both strongly disagree with that statement (laughs) Um, what do you think ultimately happens with Russell Westbrook is he play for the Lakers next season
1: that's a, a tough one. Um, I definitely think the Lakers do not want him to be on that roster come uh, the you know start a training camp or opening day. But the problem is there may not be <clears throat> a really good market available for him in a trade. Uh, first of all, be, as you mentioned, he makes so much money. There's only a few teams that can even financially pull off a deal to
0: mm-hmm. acquire
1: him. Um, and the second part of that equation is does do those teams those handful of teams really want to pull the trigger on this deal we've heard Houston as a possible landing spot um, now we're hearing potentially that Zach Levine and the Bulls could do a sign and trade that deal makes absolutely no sense to me if I'm Chicago I don't know why in the hell they would want to do it other than the fact that they, they can't let Levine walk away for nothing
0: yep. um, but I
1: think if Levine is going to Be involved in a sign and trade it probably is to another team that could offer them a little bit better package so i'm kind of split on this i think the lakers really want to trade westbrook but i don't know where he will end up going
0: yeah the the levine thing is tough and we'll talk about that here next but mainly in a sign and trade the player is the one that chooses the destination so it's not so much what they're getting back in return, but like you said, it's it's getting something rather than getting nothing. It seems like most of these teams are wanting back at least a first-round pick from the Lakers to take on a salary like Russell Westbrook, which is tough for the Lakers to give because they still owe picks to New Orleans from the Anthony Davis trade, and, and we know, according to the NBA rules, you can't trade consecutive picks, so it's got to be every other. If you're the Lakers you might be a little bit hesitant to do this because LeBron James is getting older. Anthony Davis has been dealing with a ton of injuries recently. You could be giving up draft picks for the next, you know, three to five years when your team is in the lottery. So very, very tough situation. What's your, what's kind of your feeling here? Westbrook on the Lakers next season, yes or no? My, my
1: feeling is more no. Than it is, yes. Uh, I, I feel like at some point here, they will be able to find a deal uh, and make this happen. It, it just doesn't seem likely at the moment. Um, but if I had to guess, I would say that Russell Westbrook will not play for the Lakers next year.
0: Yeah, I, I think I would make that that same guess. All right, let's talk a little bit about Zach Levine that you mentioned. Uh, it's kind of been a rough offseason for both fans already uh, you know, they, they end up losing the first round, which, you know, matchups a bitch, right? So you, you basically lose that series. It seemed like Zach Levine was a sure thing to stay after all the success. Now he's saying that he wants to, you know, embrace his free agency and explore every possibility. It's coming out today that he said he's always been a fan of the Lakers. He loves LA and he might entertain being on a team like the Lakers. I'm sure a guy like LeBron James would love to have a guy like Zach Levine on his squad. You mentioned the the Westbrook possibly sign and trade for Zach Levine. Something would have to happen like that to make the salaries match. I don't think the Lakers are willing to give up Anthony Davis at this point, and Westbrook is pretty much the only guy unless you're trading LeBron James. So I know you said you don't like this from the Bulls' perspective. Honestly, I'm not sure if the Bulls have much of a choice here because if Zach Levine says, I wanna be with the Lakers, it's a little tough, right? You know, the, the Lakers obviously can't sign him for nothing. So if the Bulls are just like, nope, we're not gonna let a sign and trade happen, sorry. They might have to find a third, maybe a fourth team to, to orchestrate something and make it work. We saw what happened with Kevin Durant going to Brooklyn. They were able to get an all-star, first time all-star in D'Angelo Russell and they end up trading him. Flipping him for Andrew Wiggins, or, or sorry for Andrew Wiggins. I want to hear perspectives from you, from the Bulls and from the Lakers, and then just overall thoughts on Levine and LeBron combination with Anthony Davis, whether that's a championship contender or uh, or not.
1: Well, the for the Lakers, th- this would be probably one of the best possible off off season scenarios that they could have. I mean, I, I don't see many deals out there for them or uh, players that they could grab that would be better than Zach Levine. I mean, he complements LeBron James almost perfectly. Um, he's great at the catch and shoot. Uh, he's a really, really good three-point shooter. He's a guy that can go get his own <clears throat> offense as well. Um, I think he would play really well with Anthony Davis in the pick and roll. Like, that they would work very, very, very well together. Um, I already told you, I think this is terrible for Chicago. It would be really unfortunate if this actually did happen. Um, Russell Westbrook doesn't help the Bulls get any better than they were this year, especially when they're losing arguably their best player, even though DeMar DeRozan had such a sensational season for the Bulls, Levine is still probably their best overall player. are the lakers a championship contender with this deal they're a lot closer yeah i mean again health plays a big big factor in this right i think that's the reason the number one reason why the lakers missed the playoffs this year yes they had more issues than just being healthy but they, they've got to keep their studs on the court in order to to win games so this would be a, a fantastic off-season acquisition if you're the los angeles lakers
0: Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, at the same time, Levine, maybe not for Bulls fans, but for the rest of the NBA, he's saying all the right things right now. Right. Like, oh, yeah, I like that team. I I could see myself there. He's basically working everybody to try and get, you know, figure out what fits him best, where the best offer is, stuff like that. We've seen it multiple times in the NBA where you have a guy like Zach Levine who's drafted by a team, then traded This is his first official opportunity to choose where he wants to play in the NBA. Some people take that to to the full extent that they can, others don't. I personally see Zach Levine returning to the Bulls next season. It's a young core, it's something that he's built. Uh, I know the dude has amazing hops, idolizes a guy like Jordan. What's better for him than following Jordan's footsteps in winning or getting close to winning a championship with the Bulls I do also see an advantage in playing with the Lakers, but that window is much, much smaller. You have an aging LeBron James, you have an Anthony Davis who's had a lot of injuries. What does Zach Levine really want out of this situation? right? Does he want to win a championship with the Lakers and then be the franchise player for the next five to six years? And and maybe they're not even close to making another another, uh, NBA championship. Um, Or do you stay with the Bulls and continue building organically with what you have And maybe be a title contender for three or four years. So it's going to be an interesting offseason for both the Lakers and the Bulls and Zach Levine. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. And yes, I see you guys in the chat. I would love the Kings to go after a guy like Zach Levine. uh, But we don't know what's going to happen here. And ultimately, it is up to Zach. So it's wherever he chooses. Speaking of another top free agent or or potential free agent this offseason, Bradley Beal, uh, a guy that I've mentioned over the last year multiple times. Uh, I think he'd be a great fit on the Kings. I think he'd be a great fit on a lot of teams in the NBA. The dude is an absolute stud. He has dealt with injuries. It looks like he's leaning or he seems to be leaning towards re-signing now with the Wizards. This will be the second time that he does that and blows everybody away because everyone's like, why the hell do you wanna stay on this Wizards team? You know, I got it when you had a guy like John Wall with you and you were building and you were actually in the playoffs, stuff like that. I have no idea what this Wizards team is doing right now, which direction they're headed. Uh, I gotta give credit to the guy for being loyal to the franchise that drafted you. But Cal, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on Bradley Beal? Um, I, I'm not
1: surprised to hear that he is leaning towards re-signing with them. As crazy as that sounds, uh, he has been steadfast in his stance ever since he's been in Washington. Like that, he says every year that that's where he wants to be. Um, the reasons for that answer or uh, his motivation behind not wanting to go out and and maybe play for a better team that has a, a much better chance to win a title, those I can't give you. I, I'm not in his head. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, it'd be one thing if Bradley Beal was saying, I, I love it here in Washington. I wanna stay here. I wanna see this team win, but we need to go out and get better. And maybe he is saying that stuff more behind closed doors than any of us know. Um, and the Wizards are just failing him basically in that that regard. But on the other side of the coin, that would be more of a reason to leave, wouldn't it? Like, yeah, it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me other than he knows that this team can afford to pay him the most money. Uh, and that's maybe most important to him.
0: Yeah. And kind of like the commercial says, right, not all NBA players goal is to win a championship. Right. Like like yes that's the top of the mountain but who wants to spend the time and the effort to climb that mountain it's not for everybody the dude is is a millionaire he's the best player on his team he basically has no pressure with the washington wizards like he would have if he went to a team like the lakers or or a title contender uh so you know maybe he just enjoys being the man maybe he enjoys being comfortable in his city with his franchise and you know he'll continue to re-sign and get paid from them. And if they are able to add talent or, or maybe in the future, if they are able to compete and, and be in the playoffs, he'll be happy and, and his loyalty will be rewarded. Um, but I, I agree with you. Uh, the dude has been steadfast in, in wanting to stay or saying he wants to stay in Washington. So uh, another curveball, I guess we see uh, this off season. And uh, I was expecting him to get traded. Uh, to to a contender or to another team, but but you had a good point, Calvin, in the fact that he's constantly stated that he wants to remain with this team, and, and that's exactly what he's doing if he if he signs this extension. Yeah, he's a man of his word. Yeah, not a lot of those left in the NBA, and and not a lot of guys that that stick out stick it out with a franchise uh, this long. Uh, so we will see what happens. To him. All right, moving on here. We're talking about the Lakers again, but this time, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, you want to fill everybody in on this, Cal? Well, there's an article
1: uh, posted today. I forget on what website I was looking at, um, but basically it was saying that the Lakers, you know, clearly are, are going to be one of the busiest teams this offseason trying to uh, acquire new talent, change up this roster. There's a ton of pressure now from the the executives and the high-ups of this organization. They need to win and bounce back from a truly disappointing season last year. So what are their options? You know, They're very limited in terms of the amount of money that they can spend. Um, They're probably going to have to look for some major moves in the trade market. We already know uh, that Russell Westbrook is one of those key players that they're going to try to move. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker is another guy that apparently the Lakers have been trying to shop ever since the trade deadline last year, but the market for him hasn't really been what they kind of expected to get for him in return. So this article is proposing a deal where the Lakers get Rashawn Holmes and the Kings get Taylor Horton Tucker plus a draft pick. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was a second it's round a second, pick yeah. in the proposed deal. Um, that's probably because... The Lakers don't have many first-round picks left to trade, like you mentioned. But that's essentially the deal. Talon Horton-Tucker for Rashawn Holmes. Uh, And the question is, what team does that help more?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting move. You know, when I think about teams led by LeBron James, I usually think about a stretch four, a stretch five, stuff like that. He was able to win a championship with Dwight Howard, uh, you know, with the Lakers just a couple seasons ago. For me, it's basically like the Lakers are are just trying to go after everybody, like you mentioned. It's a busy offseason for them. They're trying to do whatever they can Mm -hmm. to add talent to this team. It's strange, right? Like THT was the guy that was untouchable for them, like what, two seasons ago. They're like, we're not trading him for anybody. He's our next future star. That has changed pretty quickly as they tried to trade him you know, for multiple times last season. If I'm the Kings... I'm still a little hesitant in working out a deal with the Lakers after what happened last season uh, between Mm -hmm. Buddy Heald and all that. I think Rashawn Holmes is worth more than THT in a second-round pick. So if I'm the Kings, I'm moving on. I'm looking at something else. But I get it from the Lakers' perspective. They need to figure out ways to add talent any way possible.
1: Definitely, definitely. And I think they would love to get uh, a, a player that can start for them at center. you know, Anthony Davis is well documented at this point that he doesn't want to play the five. He would much rather play the four. Um, and so Rashawn Holmes would be a good fit there to, to start at center, and you still could potentially have guys like Dwight Howard come off the bench. Um, so it makes a lot of sense for the Lakers, but I, I'm with you. I, I'm not doing this deal if I'm the Kings. Uh, even though Rashawn Holmes' trade value has probably declined a considerable amount, since the end of last season, um, I still think that he's worth more than this. And if I'm the Kings, Talon Horton Tucker, even though there's still a lot of potential for him to grow into a, a good NBA player in this league, he's still very, very young. I mean, he's got to be, what, 21 or 22 years old still at this point. Um, he doesn't solve my sh- starting shooting guard problem day one if I yeah. acquire him. So that that's not enough. To move the needle for me on this deal from the kings
0: yeah and outside of all that just the spite aspect of helping the lakers uh is probably enough <laughs> to make the yeah. kings not even want to consider or answer the phone on this deal i want to give a shout out to gothin we see you in the chat thank you for joining us gothin hope you're enjoying your tuesday uh, a couple more topics to discuss here before we get into the tuesday preview and then we'll end the show as always with q a Steven, I see a bunch of your questions. We're going to hold off on those and we'll answer those at the end of the show. So uh, next up, Afroni Simons. He's a restricted free agent uh, this offseason. We saw the Portland Trailblazers make a ton of moves before the deadline, basically gutting their entire roster. uh, They're one of, I think, three teams with the most cap space this offseason. Damian Lillard has continued to say that he wants to remain in Portland. He wants to create a championship team there. He lost his backcourt partner in CJ McCollum, who was shipped out to New Orleans and has played incredibly well. We saw Afroni Simons play incredibly well in the second half of the season when Damian Lillard was sidelined. If you're Portland, what are you doing with Afroni Simons here? The dude is... Probably going to require a, a good amount of money this offseason because he's played well. He's very, very similar to C.J. McCollum. Yes, he's younger, but you didn't really have the success that you wanted with Lillard and McCollum. Uh, you know, if you're a Kings fan, you're saying they had a ton of success, right? They made the Western Conference Finals. They made the playoffs for like eight seasons, stuff like that. But if you're the Portland Trailblazers and you're Damian Lillard, the goal is to win a championship. This pairing between Simons and Lillard is eerily similar to McCollum and Lillard. So, Calvin, what are you thinking as far as Simons being re-signed or being traded to another team?
1: Uh, it, it's a tough call for Portland, um, you know, because they definitely want to make a big splash and, and get a, a very top-tier player on the market to go to pair with Damian Lillard, and to kind of bring them back to that success that they've been accustomed to enjoy- enjoying since Lillard has been with the franchise. I really love Anthony Simons, though. I think that this dude is another one of these young players that is basically just about to break out and explode in the, in the league. Uh, he's shown me everything I needed to see from him this past season, even though you know that they were a, a tanking team basically, and uh, they didn't really have much around him. So people I think can are quick maybe sometimes to say that those stats are inflated and he won't produce that same way on a really competitive team. Um, but I, I think he's a tremendous, tremendous talent. And if I was Portland, I would be doing everything I could to keep him plus add more to the roster.
0: Yeah, I think you know news on Bradley Beal wanting to stay. Uh, you know, whatever happens to Zach Levine is probably subjects that Portland is monitoring very, very closely. And if they're unable to hit on a big guy like that, I think they do, uh, you know, retain Simons. The beauty of being a restricted free agent is they can basically offer you, uh, you know, the qualifying offer, and then Portland can sit back and say, okay, let's see what you're worth. If someone offers you a contract, we can match it, but we're going to do whatever we can to try and bring in some more talent and maybe paying you a max deal right away doesn't allow us the flexibility that we need to add more players and make this a title contender. So it's definitely an interesting situation, something to keep an eye on. But uh, gut feeling, I would say Aphrony e. Simons remains on the Blazers next year.
1: Oh, yeah, I totally would agree with that. Uh, I mean, first of all, In terms of paying him, he's not going to get any max contract offers. It's not like they have to break the bank to bring him back. The qualifying offer on him is less than $6 million. You compare that to a guy like DeAndre Ayton, his qualifying offer is over $16 million. So they've got definitely a good chance to keep him plus bring in one one really, really good or maybe two very solid players to go alongside them.
0: Yeah, Portland's got to do something to make their superstar and Damian Lillard happy uh, and give him some people to help compete uh, next season. So we will see what happens there. Anything else in news you want to mention before we move on to uh, today's preview? Now let's talk about some teams that are still playing. <laughs> All right, perfect. We saw Golden State take a 3-0 series lead on Sunday. Uh, game four is in Dallas. Dallas is actually favored in this game by one and a half. Uh, They seem to be healthy. Golden State is still dealing with injuries to Gary Payton. Otto Porter Jr. is out in this game. And Andre Iguodala is still dealing with the neck injury and also listed as out. Calvin, there might not be a lot to talk about here because they're up 3-0 and they have won these games pretty handily. What are your thoughts on this series? Is it over in game four, or could Dallas win a home game, potentially a road game, and push it to six, maybe seven games?
1: Uh, Well, look, can Dallas win a game? Yeah, they can. It's hard to beat any team, especially at this point in the season, four times in a row. Um, And they've got a guy in Luka who has been – absolutely balling out so yeah dallas can get a game maybe they can even get two games oh i don't think they're going to though i think this series is over and the reason i say that is again the warriors just present a lot of problems for dallas that they haven't seen so far and they haven't really been able to adjust to defensively which has been one of the reasons why they've been so successful all year long is their ability to game plan um, and make adjustments defensively and find a way to get stops. This Warriors team is hard for anybody to stop, especially when Steph Curry is in a zone like he seems to be in all of a sudden. And I mentioned how well Luca is playing. The dude scored 85 points in the last two games and they lost both those games. So, yes, he can't do it all by himself. But if he's going to play like that, they should have won game two and they let it slip yep. through their fingers. I just don't see Dallas being able to get over the hump here. I think the Warriors close it out tonight. Um, And Mike, you know, should be happy about that because I'm picking against Dallas, which means that they have a much better chance to win.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I kind of have that same gut feeling, but I'm going with stupidity again here, and I'm picking (laughs) Dallas to win this game. They're at home. I think they're going to shoot a lot better. I'm not sure how many beers Luka needs before this game. Uh, but I think Dallas has a shot in this game. They just need to shoot better. That, that is the bottom line for me. Role players shoot better at home. I think Dallas might be able to steal one game in this series. I don't think it's going to be any more than that. This Golden State Warriors team seems to be on a mission to make it back to the NBA Finals to prove everybody wrong. So I'm going side with Dallas tonight, but I expect Golden State to close this series out either tonight or... Or on Thursday so uh, I think they are preparing to hoist another trophy in the bay Uh, hopefully they don't get ahead of themselves because they still have a whole nother series but uh, the Golden State Warriors are are definitely peaking at the right time Um, I was hanging out with my cousins earlier today Calvin and you know they are huge Golden State Warriors fans and huge Steph Curry fanboys I know we have our own there in Pat in Hawaii who uh, just texts us Steph Curry stats all the time. <laughs> my cousin uh, and I got into a, a pretty heated debate earlier about who was the better player on the Warriors team, whether it was Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. I'm pretty sure you knew what my answer was. Uh, and, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Kevin
1: Durant was the better player on that team. Uh, it's plain and simple. I love Steph. He it's you can't understate what he's done in the NBA. He literally did change the game of basketball. Yep. For from here on out, I mean, it, it's the reason why you see guys like Trey Young shoot from the from half court in, in the middle of a, a possession. That's all because of Steph Curry, and he is a, a tremendously great player. He's one of the best point guards, I think. Or he will go down as one of the best point guards that's ever played kevin durant will go down as one of the seven to ten best players that ever played mm-hmm. and he was the better player on that team um he, his his skill set is too unique and yes steph has a unique skill set as well but for a guy that's seven feet tall can shoot the way he can can dribble the way he can move the way he can i think he's a slightly better defender overall Um, So he was the better player on that team.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, we sometimes we forget, you know, we we try to compare so many guys, who's better, who's worse, all this, who's the reason. It's fun to debate stuff like that, but there's really no correct answer in the end, right? Because we don't really know what would have happened with that team if steph curry was never on it and it was kevin durant or kevin durant never joined the team sometimes we just have to sit back and enjoy and watch greatness watch these players appreciate them for the things that they do well um but it is fun every once in a while to have these little debates about who's better at this who's better at that uh kevin durant's a better player sorry uh you know Connor. I just got to say it doesn't
1: necessarily mean that the gap between them is is huge. You know,
0: yeah,
1: I'm not saying that Steph Curry is the equivalent of a, you know, bench warmer on a JV team compared to Kevin Durant. But Durant, it was the better player on that team.
0: Yeah. And it's not a knock against Steph Curry to to say how great somebody else is. Right. Like it's not. All right. Uh, You want to give us an update on James Wiseman? Yeah, it was announced uh, earlier uh, this week that, or
1: reported, I should say, that James Wiseman in an interview said he is targeting the NBA's Summer League in Las Vegas this upcoming summer as his official return to basketball date uh, or back to, getting, back to playing competitive basketball finally. So uh, it will be a welcome sight, of course, for the Warriors to see him back out on the basketball court playing in a meaningful game even though it's just the summer league and it gives them a chance to evaluate where he's at before they have to go into training camp.
0: This Warriors team, the level of management on this team continues to surprise me every single year, whether it's, you know, signing Steph Curry to that eleven million dollar per year contract when the dudes win an MVP awards, to the ability to bring in a guy like Kevin Durant to a team that's set the regular season best record of all time to bringing in another all star in Demarcus Cousins to add to that roster. Now, the fact that they are, you know, one game away from the NBA finals and they have a former number two overall pick that hasn't even played this season for them, plus two studs that they drafted this year in the draft, is just amazing. More GMs need to pay attention to the Warriors and look at the way that they are building this team because. This is probably one of the best run teams in the NBA. I would have told you that it was the Spurs and the Miami Heat up until a few years ago. For me, it is Golden State by far of any team in the NBA. They are the best run franchise. They set themselves up for constant success and for getting better in the future. They don't mortgage their future to win now. So, and they are still able to win now, which is the craziest thing. So, all you Warriors fans out there, you know. Yes, you have Steph Curry, yes, you have Klay Thompson, yes, you have Draymond Green. You got to give your credit to management, Bob Myers, you got to give credit to to uh, Steve Kerr, also to ownership as well. This team is just a well-oiled yes. machine from the top De- to the bottom. Definitely a
1: lot of thanks to Joe Lacob. The dude is spending a ridiculous amount of money in the luxury tax. So. Yep,
0: yep. And and that's also <laughs> needed as well. Yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump here into Q&A. If you guys missed the beginning of the show, I'm in California celebrating my grandpa's 90th birthday. Happy birthday, Alan. They just cut the cake and we're going to dinner after this. So uh, I'm gonna try and limit this as, as much as I can, but we have some questions already in the chat. And if you guys have any additional questions, feel free to let us know because Calvin and I love to answer your guys' questions. All right, first up, uh, I think the Kings should go after Zach Levine. We already touched on that. I also think they should go after him, uh, but it's not really up to the Kings at this point. It's up to Zach and where he wants to go. Steven also says, I think Westbrook is going to the Sixers. Cal, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, Bad news for Philadelphia. I wouldn't touch him. (laughs) Not not with... uh, him and Harden. I, first of all, I don't know how you make that work. You're gonna probably re-sign James Harden to a max deal this offseason or something very close to it. That's a, a ton of money already committed um, to a team that, that underachieves pretty much every season. Wow, Gavin, wow. That's right. Well, I mean, from their perspective, yeah, you think about all the players that they've had. Yep. Um, to not make an Eastern Conference Finals, that's it's tough
0: yeah yeah and i mean it came at the hands of of a few different people right Kawhi leonard uh jimmy butler so it's definitely an interesting path for them uh i think we can both say that uh you know the rebuild or the process is still ongoing yeah if you and i'm
1: also thinking about tyrese maxey the dude had an unbelievable year this year i think he's primed and ready to to take over the you know the the point guard role there for that team if you bring in a guy like russell westbrook onto that team a guy who reportedly is saying in la fuck you guys give me the ball i'm the point guard yeah that's really gonna hurt tyrese maxey's development
0: money aside here calvin if you did have to take uh russell westbrook and you were daryl morey are you trading james harden for uh, russell westbrook or tobias harris
1: Well, if I'm the GM, I don't know what I would do, but I think Daryl Morey is so infatuated with James Harden that he would trade Tobias Harris first.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree there, I agree there. Should the Kings try and go after someone in free agency? Of course, Steven, they should go after everybody they can in free agency. Uh, You know, like we've said over and over, they need the two, they need the four. They won the draft lottery, or at least moved up to pick number four. That might help them with one of these positions. They need to figure out the other as well. So uh, if I'm the Kings, I'm going after everybody I can in free agency. We just need to add some talent to this roster, Cal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the name of the
0: game. Steven also wants to know, what do you think the Blazers should do with Damian Lillard? i keep him.
1: Uh, He's too good. I realize he's starting to get to the age where you, you have to worry a little bit, but um, I ex- they expect him to come back next season 100%. He's one of the best point guards in the NBA currently. Um, he's just a a tremendous, tremendous player. He's my favorite player in the league right now. I wouldn't let him get away. I would be desperately trying to add talent around him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if, if I'm the Blazers, what am I doing with Damian Lillard? I'm taking him out to dinner, and I'm asking yeah. him, what can I do to keep you on this team? Who do you want? Who do you want to play with? And I will have him involved in every single conversation that I have. I will say, you want Anthony Davis? All right, this is what the Lakers want. Should we do it? Should we not? What do you want us to do with the Afronis Simons? You want us to trade him? You want us to re mm-hmm. him? What do you want him to do? So, Unfortunately, you know, they are at the mercy of Damian Lillard. We're in the new age of basketball where players have pretty much all the control at this point. He's your franchise player. He's, like you said, one of the best players in the league, your favorite player. They need to do whatever they can to appease him and make him stay. Uh, so,
1: And the Blazers' front office is in a great position because this is one of those guys who, again, has been completely loyal, continues to say over and over and over again that he wants to be in Portland, he wants to win there. Yep. So this should be easy for the front office from the front office standpoint. The only difficult thing is they've got to do the work to go out and get the talent to surround him. But they seem to be in a much better position than perhaps the Bulls are with Zach Levine where Damian Lillard wants to be there, they yeah. just have to get other players to join him.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of the difference in drafting a player, right, is, is you took a chance on that guy, and, and guys like Bradley Beal, guys like Damian Lillard, they still remember that, right? Like This team saw something in me, they took a chance on me, and maybe I don't owe them anything, but I owe them loyalty because they were loyal to me that's yeah. the difference to me in the whole Zach Levine situation, right? Was he was not drafted by the Bulls. Yes, the right. Bulls traded for him. They like him. They've worked through injuries and all this, and they brought in uh, you know more pieces for him. But that's not the the, the and team they that made called made playoffs
1: him. with him, which yeah. is another fact.
0: But that's about. not the team that called his name on draft night, and no. I think that does make a huge difference. Uh, Progressive G says I like Jeremy Grant. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that's for the Kings. Um, mm-hmm. I'm mixed on Jeremy Grant. Uh, I think that Jeremy Grant's had a lot of productive years. I think his most productive years have been on a garbage team uh, in Detroit where that's kind of the old adage of somebody's gotta score, somebody's gotta rebound, somebody's gotta get assists. We're losing every single game, but somebody's gotta make the, the uh, ball in the bucket. If I'm the Kings, I'm not so high on Jeremy Grant, but what about you?
1: Um, I, I still like Jeremy Grant. Uh, you know and i i think the the maybe the thing that entices me the most about him is a potential trade that you could work out where you basically f- swap picks with the the pistons the 4th and the 5th pick because it could net you a power forward that you could put in your starting lineup tomorrow plus you're only moving down one pick in the draft which means one of those three guys that everyone is talking about right now Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, or Shaden Sharp are still going to be available to you at five. So there there is a little bit of something there, I think, for Sacramento. I, I would still be looking at a deal for somebody like Pascal Siakam or a player that I think is maybe a little bit better mm-hmm. than Jeremy Grant. Um, but I, I also think that that deal could do the Kings uh, a bunch of favors.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I also saw a rumor that the Kings... Are trying to move up to pick number two to take Chet Homgren. have you seen that I have not seen that but it certainly doesn't surprise me I mean
1: the dude that dude's the best player in this class or, or has the highest potential in this class and even if you move up to number two and he goes number one you still have Jabari Smith uh, you know as a consolation prize which is not a bad way to go either
0: yeah yeah, I think they were looking towards maybe a draft day trade where if Chet Holmgren doesn't go number one, they're like, okay, we'll trade up. I have no idea what it's going to take to move up two picks. If you're you know, pick number 20, moving to 18 is not so difficult. But pick number four, cutting that in half to pick number two, could take a, quite a lot of capital, maybe not players, maybe future picks, maybe draft capital, stuff like that. Something definitely to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, Steven says, "I think the Blazers should trade Damian Lillard and load up on draft picks. That's tough, man. You know, draft picks are great and all, but draft picks don't win games. And just because you draft a player high doesn't mean you know what he's going to provide. It's Damian Lillard is is you know a one in a million player, and just the fact that he's been patient and that he's wanted to be on that team gives me the edge as far as uh, holding on to him versus trading him for draft picks." How do you feel, Kyle?
1: I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm taking Damian Lillard over absolutely anybody in this draft, uh, and that's probably going to be the case in most drafts.
0: Yep. Do you think the Kings should still try to pick up Ben Simmons? (laughs) The Nets would probably get rid of him for a Diet Coke at this point.
1: Well, Number one, I'm not so sure that the Nets would get rid of him for a Diet Coke at this point. I mean, yes, it's a really, really rough situation there. The Nets uh, really took a big gamble in getting him, and it is not has not panned out for them at all so far. Uh, but I still think that they are optimistic of him playing with Kevin Durant next season, what that could look like. Uh, I really feel that they think he could have been one of the missing pieces for them getting over the hump this season with what he brings defensively, rebounding, uh, playmaking, all that stuff. And they still have a huge question mark on what they're going to do with Kyrie Irving. So you're telling me that they're willing to lose both Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving this offseason? That doesn't sound like a realistic option.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and you got to think that Brooklyn didn't trade for Ben Simmons just for one year to help them out. I feel like he's a young player. He's, you know, a great defender. He's probably in the future plans for this franchise, or at least just a way to move off of James Harden and have somebody that's holding value a little bit better uh, than an aging James Harden and a younger guy in Ben Simmons. So if they do trade Ben Simmons, I expect them to trade him for a big package, but I, I think he'll be on the team next year. I think he's a guy they want to build around. You mentioned Kyrie Irving, and we heard comments from Sean Marks last week about basically putting the notice on Kyrie, saying Kyrie's got some decisions to make this offseason. He needs to figure out what he's doing. We talked about the Lakers and Russell Westbrook. I saw a trade offer this morning of Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving as a complete swap. This would be quite ironic because you would be pairing up guys that played together in the finals in Kyrie Irving and LeBron James against a Russell Westbrook and KD combo in Brooklyn. What are your thoughts on this trade? Could this help both teams?
1: I don't think it helps both teams. I don't see how it helps the Brooklyn Nets. First of all, I don't know what Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant's relationship is like at this point. And uh, Kevin Durant seems to really like Kyrie Irving, even though maybe their friendship or their relationship was definitely tested at certain points this season. Um, I I don't know where Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook stand together. And I think this trade is much, much better for the Lakers than it is for the Nets.
0: Yeah. Yeah, The the
1: Nets need... Scoring. I mean, yeah, they, they were missing a ton of guys all year long, but They need shooting, you know, first and foremost and Kyrie Irving definitely gives you that Russell Westbrook does not
0: I think the only way this trade works out is if Kyrie Irving decides he doesn't want to be on the Nets next year And I don't see that happening. He came to this team for a reason He stuck it out while Kevin Durant was healing from the Achilles injury Um, I expect him to remain with the team. We'll see what happens. You know, if COVID starts coming back again, if they'll reinstate the the vaccine mandates, stuff like that, that could make things a little bit more complicated. But as of right now, I I see Kyrie remaining on the Nets next year. And I think we both agree Westbrook is probably going to find another home. Um, But uh, it's an interesting thought to think about. It really is. All right, Calvin, I I think we can uh, wrap up the show here. You got any last thoughts uh, or ideas?
1: Uh, Happy birthday, Grandpa Alan, once again. You guys have a lot of fun tonight. Enjoy the
0: game, everybody. Get your brooms out. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Tell them how you really feel, Cal. Tell them how you really feel. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode. We'll be live again tomorrow the same time, uh, covering Calvin's uh, supposed sweep tonight. So we will see what happens. Please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. And go ahead and share this video with all your favorite basketball fans. Thank you guys so much for joining. Enjoy basketball today. Enjoy your evening. We will see you tomorrow. And as always, don't forget to tip your bartender.